Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nico Hearn. And now the stage is cleared. He's some par, wouldn't it? Didn't even reach the fairway with his tee shot. Knock it in for a round of 69 and a four-shot win. From sunrise to sunset. Rom wins the Masters Marathon. Well, on the 11th of the 8th, 2013, John Rahm unrolled a Panda Express fortune cookie that said your talents will be recognized and suitably rewarded. He tweeted that photo of that fortune cookie and said, I'm going to win the Masters. And in the 40-year anniversary of Sebi Ballesteros winning in 83, John Rahm became the fourth Spaniard to win the Masters. It would have been Sebi's 66th birthday. It was Spanish serendipity. What a Masters we just enjoyed. He was trailing by four shots going into the final day. Brooks Kepka, the wider, wider leader at that point. A three under 69 on that marathon day. Sunrise to sunset. Jim Nance so beautifully called. And it's a Masters, Nick Ahern, that we won't soon forget. Hello, mate. Uh, g'day, Sam. Uh, it certainly isn't. I mean, that final day, the final round, well, it was a marathon, as Jim Nance uh, mentioned. How many holes did they play on that Sunday? They start restarted on the seventh, didn't they? So that's uh, yep. three. No, that's twelve. That's well, that's uh, thirty holes of golf. Yeah, at Augusta <laughs> National. I mean, that's a dream for most people, but I'm sure eighteen would have been enough. But what a victory! Just and as you said, serendipitous. I mean, Savvy's birthday, fortieth anniversary, the fortune cookie. It just all came together beautifully. And you, it was always a matter with John Rahm of when, not if. I think. When was he going to get his second major, the 2021 US Open? But when was he going to be a, a Masters champion? Because his game has been, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, the stretch that he's on and probably Scotty Scheffler are both on at the moment. But it's his 19th pro win, has won four times already this year. That was his seventh win since last year's Masters. I mean, it always felt like, um, yeah, a fait accompli. Oh, it certainly has been that way. He, he's he been on a tear, as has Scotty Scheffler, as you mentioned. Uh, Rory McIlroy was a bit disappointing. We can get into that later. Mm. But uh, it's funny, though. I mean, John Rahm, he starts the tournament, first hole of the 72, with a four-putt for a double bogey. Yeah. I mean, what a way to start. And uh, there's a famous quote way back, you know, with Seve uh, four-putting back in the day. And they said, how did you do that? And he said, well, I miss, I miss, I miss, I make. <laughs> <laughs> and I think John might have quoted that in the press conference afterwards or something. But... Uh, to, to shoot 65 after double bogeying your first hole, I mean, that is incredible golf. And and we had, what a leaderboard it was that first day. Three players tied at seven under with you know, John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, and uh, Victor Hovland as well. And they all contended throughout throughout the tournament. They didn't fade away. Well, Hovland didn't especially. I mean, we kind of knew Rahm and Kepka wouldn't, but uh, what a performance it was. And I mean, early on, when they had the re uh, resumption of play in the final, uh, sorry, finishing off the third round on the Sunday... Mm. immediately there was that two-shot swing on the seventh green. At that point, I think uh, yes. Kepka had the four-shot lead, Ram birdies, Kepka bogeys. But then that holds for the rest of that round, and there's still a two-shot buffer going into the final day. But 
That final round was something to behold. I mean, uh, the, the par putt on the first for Ram, that was massive. I mean, that was huge. He, he didn't hit a very good iron shot in. The chip shot wasn't great, but hold about eight eight footer there. But uh, Kepka's driver and and really game off the tee left him on that final round, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And and on that final day, it was the sixth hole where he got the lead, and and you just knew you, you just knew that he was never going to give that up. I mean, Rambo is right. I mean, he is just a warrior. I mean, he is just as tough a competitor as I can remember seeing play, and just so locked in. You know, it's so focused. And, and that first day, I was stunned when I came across that Golf Digest put something up on Instagram. You said that he started with a four-putt double bogey, but he hit all 14 fairways, 17 out of 18 greens, averaging 310 yards off the tee, seven birdies and an eagle after that start. I mean, <laughs> and he just never really let up. I mean, you know, third round wasn't great, but... I suppose, and you'd be in a better, obviously, the better place to say this, that the mark of a champion is really if you don't follow up one bad day with another. Yeah. And unfortunately, Brooks did, and we'll talk about him in in greater detail, but we really want to celebrate uh, John Rahm um, because that was just an almighty performance, especially, as you said, with everything that was going on around them. Like, there was was celebrating greats, and we'll, we'll talk about, that there seemed to be just an air of celebration around that the weather and and, and trees falling and <laughs> days stopping and starting and to to maintain your mental focus, Nick. I mean, what does that take? Oh, it's it's massive, but I think it's just a, a culmination of everything that he's been doing over the last several years, mm. especially the last six months. To be honest, I mean, his form has been unbelievable. He's dominated uh, golf at the top level along with Scheffler and and Rory at, at different times, obviously, but. It was interesting for me watching that final round because I, I like to pick up on little cues and things that happen. And, and these two guys, Kepka and Ram in the final group, they're both alpha males. I mean, they yeah. are they are front <laughs> yes. and centre. But if you watched Ram walking off every green to the next tee, he led the way. He was always ahead and he was always had that sort of dominating presence. Whereas Kepka, you kind of knew, didn't have his game. So he, he almost backed off a little bit at certain points. Obviously, they had quite a bit of waiting to, to do it. There was a fairly slow day at the same time. But once he got that lead on six, I was working back through his round earlier. From the seventh hole on, I don't think he really missed a shot until the 18th tee when he pulled that tee shot left. Mm. The, the bogey he made on nine, he actually hit a good shot into the green, just had a bit too much spin and came off. But he was, he was still pretty happy with that. But the composure he showed from that seventh hole onwards and the birdie on eight just to sort of... You know, just widen the gap a little bit. And then the birdies on 13 and 14. And then the rest of the play, it was just composed. It was uh, methodical. Going into amen corner, 11, 12, 13. Uh, you know, middle of the green on 11, middle of the green on 12. Just quality golf. And then from 13, and, you know, obviously just played the percentages, missed the green a little left, made a great up and down. And then possibly the shot of the final round that was that one on 14 where he, he cut that iron around the tree and, and knocked it to three feet, but just an incredible oh, yeah. performance. And then, you know, nice to have that four-shot lead coming up the last, but I reckon his, his uh, heart might have been in his mouth after watching that tee shot go into the trees because that could have gone anywhere. So he got a good break on 18. He did, and especially because Brooks nailed uh, his drive. I mean, if it was any chance, um, it, you sort of felt like it was all on the recovery of, of John. But I read a, an article, Nick, and it was talking about the, the serendipitous nature of it all. Um, and about Seve and, and the 40-year anniversary, the birthday, and talking about how that Seve, though, was a magician, Ram's a machine. 
Mm. Um, and even though, and and I'd love to get your take on this. When you look at his, I saw a, a, a post. They lined up all the about twelve different golfers and where they were at the at the at the final point of their backswing, and all very different. But one thing about Rams is it didn't. It, it looked the least traditional, I think, from my eye. But I'd love to get your take. So I wonder, is this a win for the? I mean, he knows his game inside and out clearly because he doesn't seem to really have a weakness to my eye. But love to get your view on what's his weakness. But he also doesn't have the most what the the, the most natural looking or technically correct golf swing either. So it's one for the people who look at it and go, "Well, geez, I don't look <laughs> like I'm swinging the club pl- club properly," but it works. Yeah, well, he has the strength to to be able to get the club in the right position, which is at the ball, obviously. But you're right about the backswing. I mean, he he possibly has the shortest backswing in the game. It looks as though, yeah. I mean, just gets past hip high. And then... Quick and low. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the left wrist is so bowed, a little bit uh, Dustin Johnson-ish in that regard. But it's it's way behind him. And then all of a sudden, the, the forces he generates through the ball. I mean, he has a club foot, and I think he puts his golf swing or his backswing down to that. Uh, you know, one he has a bit of an issue there. So mm. that, that's where the backswing came from. But through the ball, it is unbelievable. And I, I actually thought his only weakness may be that he he really doesn't draw the ball off the tee. And there's a couple of tee shots that you do need that at Augusta. But I tell you what, the tee shot he hit on 13, yes. that, was, that was just like, okay, if there is a time to put any doubts about how good this guy is playing, that tee mm. shot when he turned the driver over, and I think he only had six iron in, that was the shot, one of the shots of the – of the tournament, I think. It was just at that moment because you could just yeah. sort of feel it building. And to be able to perform and trust himself under that pressure was was phenomenal. Um, they were commenting on that. And they, and, 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 and it felt like, you're right, that that was a moment. Like that, that seemed like, oh, you know, what are the doubts we have about this guy? Well, you know, the draw. And then he pulls <laughs> that shot out because he's, you know, it's, he's, he's synonymous with just, you know, fading it, um, getting that little cut. But, uh, yeah, that was it's so impressive. Uh, and you just sort of felt – there were many moments where you felt he's not going to lose this, but that was certainly one of them as well. So we're – and I think every time you and I speak, and, and I'm in a, a punters club as well, every time we're looking at putting – you know, having a bit of fun on a multi, who's going to finish, I always put my – Ram is always my nomination. Like, I always say Ram because I love watching him play and I'm a massive – uh, a, a massive fan. So um, it was, yeah, I, I loved watching the way he, he brought it home, over, especially the last couple of days. And the recovery on, on day one was insane. Um, what to say about Brooks Kepka? I mean, the, the easy option that I saw a lot of, and I thought it was lazy riding and cheap shot riding. Oh, is there any surprise that it was the, the on the, the fourth day that Brooks Kepka couldn't get, you know, gone to live 54 holes and making jokes about, oh, Greg and rah, rah. Can we not celebrate what a bloke has come back from? And if you watched, you know, the knee injuries, the surgeries, you know, at one stage he was the best player. The two-year stretch where he was going back-to-back in majors, he was easily the best player in the world at that time. If you watched full swing, he was mentally fried. Like, he had no idea what was going wrong. He was worried about his future. His wife was worried about their future. His game had deserted him. He mentally was so fragile and done. To come back and be, you know, the leader after 54 holes um, in the biggest tournament that there is um, after the couple of years that he's had, I, I thought what what a, what, a, what an amazing effort from from him. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was something to celebrate rather than something to take the P1 double five out of and, and make snarky remarks about. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's he's obviously been a bit of a target since he went to the Live Golf Tour and and, mm. and the reason they went and everything. But yeah, you're right. If you watch Full Swing, you go, wow, this guy is at the you know he's right at the bottom mentally yeah. from a mental standpoint. And he said all along, you know, it sort of was the result of physical issues. He just couldn't quite do what he wanted to do physically. Now he's fully fit for the first time in I don't know how many years, but. When he won at, uh, where was he, in Orlando the week before the Live Golf event, I that was a good sign, but I, I kind of mm. didn't see this coming because, you know, Augusta National to not playing very much uh, is a whole different kettle of fish. And when he shot 65 the first day, very easily, I must say, it was really nothing. I mean, his first two rounds were just, just very straightforward. He didn't take many risks, just great ball striking, hold the putts he needed to. The only yeah, his putter I, was hot. No, yep. It was the only issue, I guess, where people were commenting on was that first round sixty-five, where his caddy sort of said, uh, you know, five iron to the other guy, and there was a whole rules controversy around. What'd you make of that? Around that. So, okay, here, here's my take on it. Yes, it does happen where guys or, or, or caddies. It's more of an unwritten code, I guess you could say, where caddies will help other caddies out, saying, "Look, yep, took five or whatever." But they never really verbally say it. They never mouth it, or they may just hold the club in a certain way after the guys hit, sort of showing the number on the bottom to the other caddy, things like that. So it goes on all the time. Um, players don't certainly ask the other players. Uh, but when you're caught out like that and how they were, I mean, you saw the, the video evidence uh, afterwards, and then to come out later on and go, no, nothing happened. I don't agree with that. I mean, it, it's like someone, it's funny, someone that made the analogy. Could they have been of, telling the cameraman though? Could they have been, because yeah, I know that they uh, they do tell the broadcast yeah. of what they're using and how they, what they did just to give them information to the commentators. Could it have been that? It could have been, but there was no cameraman out there in front of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all know what happened, okay? I mean, even the announcers <laughs> were going, okay, yeah, he said five yeah. iron to him, yeah, got it. Okay, yeah. it's like someone said the other day, look, we all... We we all get caught, you know. We all speed, right? But when we get caught, well, then you got to pay the fine. You got to pay the fine. So sure. in this, in this regard, uh, what they should have gone is, yeah, we all do it. Sure, okay, I'll take the two shot penalty, whatever. The the thing that happened where I think the biggest controversy could have could have uh, you know happened down the line, or the thing that didn't happen was that Brooks didn't win by one or two shots. If that had happened, well, well, that's it would have been an yeah, uproar. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. You. So anyway, it all worked out fine in the yeah. end. Uh, I, don't to, I don't want to drag on on that moment too long, but no, but but it, an incredible effort by Kepka. Yes, he faded a little bit on the Sunday, but uh, I think it was more his game off the tee just deserted him a little bit. Now, whether that was the fact that they were out there. I don't know how many hours they're out on that golf course. It was a long time, and um, mm. and it can't be the fifty-four hole thing because then we saw Mickelson, you know, shoot sixty-five exactly. on the final round. Patrick Reed as well, the finish yep. that he had, and no one oh, clearly barracks for that with Patrick Reed. But <laughs> I mean, Brooks, you know, there is that the tie to Greg is that there's eleven times. Um, 12 under after 36 holes is just the 12th time in, in major history. A player is 12 under or better through 36. Nine of the 11 went on to win. The two that didn't, Norman in 1990 at the Open and, and then at 1996 at the Masters. It's the first time Brooks has had a 54-hole lead at a major and not won it. But it, I think you're right. I, I think it's, you know, the conditions played a part. Coming back from injury is the part. He, he just, you know, it just, he tightened up. He stiffened up and um, John Rahm, didn't all well, he did on day three, but not on uh, not on day four. So I thought it was pretty hacky, um, and you know, and 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 low hanging fruit to sort of make all the gags that have been coming through from certain sections. I mean, it was you know, 
It, it was, and, and I think, um, although admittedly, even I think Brooks in a couple of the press conferences I, I heard, he said, look, he misses the competition playing with Ram and playing with Scotty and all mm. these guys, and yep. and that perhaps, you know, the live schedule isn't isn't the best preparation. I think he actually admitted that himself at some particular point, but we all know that's just part of the deal, and, 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 and he'll get on with it, and... And maybe they, you know, they've got to make up some other competitive games amongst themselves or something to really get sharp for the majors when they come around. But, but uh, at the end of the day, it was just great to see him back because when he gets in contention a major, it just lifts the whole event. It's, a, mm. it's not Tiger-esque, but it, it has a similar or, or a, an inkling of a feel of what it was like to see Tiger yeah. up there because you just saw this beast of a man coming at you and uh, it was pretty intimidating and fun to yeah. watch. Uh, we'll talk about Tiger. Um, interestingly, Brooks actually had a 36-hole lead in 2019 when he came second to Tiger as well. So it's not something that's just unique to him since he's been a live golfer. So um, without me telling certain sections of, of golfing media how to do their job, you maybe dig a little deeper. Than the uh, than the easy layup uh, when it comes to your very witty tweets. Um, anyway, uh, by the way, I think someone did predict last week, didn't they, that Brooks Kepka was going to have a good Masters? Was that you or was that me? Oh, it might have been you. I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there nice. we go, pumping up my own tires. Well done. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I thought I'll, I'll, I'll open the door for, for, for my good friend and colleague here. But no, you, you, you didn't step through it. So I had to do it. Um, hey, we've got so much more to cover off on what was an incredible Masters. Uh, and we'll do that all on the other side of the break. You are listening uh, to Off the Tee for Pure Form Golf. Improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. Back after this. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pureform Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn. We look forward to seeing you, all of us at Augusta National, look forward to seeing you here competing many years and wearing the green jacket. And speaking of that, we'd be honoured if you'd place the green jacket on John. Sir. Ready, pro? Uh. Congratulations, John. Thank well done. Man. Really proud of you. Thank I you. thought eight was a uh, was a key birdie. Um, I didn't expect that bogey on nine. That was uh, a couple of good swings I didn't expect. And then uh, I had to go through aiming corner even par. That's what I was looking at. Obviously, Phil and and Jordan were were making birdies and finishing strong, and they were finishing their round as we were finishing ten. So making sure I at the end didn't put myself in a difficult spot on 10, 11, 12 was the key. Uh, and then 13 with that right to left win is when I could turn turn a little bit and, and get in the attack, and that's what I did. So it's not really one moment, but if I had to pick one, I would say hitting that draw perfectly on 13 um, was, was the start of it. The winner of the 87th Masters at Augusta, John Rahm, receiving his green jacket off last year's winner, uh, Scotty Scheffler, who interestingly finished last year uh, with a double bogey. John Rahm started this year with a double bogey, but those are the two hottest players in golf right now. And Rahm trailing by four shots on the final day, a four-shot win, uh, 69 is shot on the final day, uh, four shots clear of Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka. Uh, Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern with you here uh, on Off the Tee. As we go through the biggest news stories of the 87th Masters for Ping Golf, use Ping Golf equipment so you can play your best. Let me ask you this, Nick, just before we move on to some of the other stories. Is... 
and we look back and, and the, 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 the occasions that spring to mind might be Rory in 2011, the four-stroke lead and led all the way from day one all the way through and then got swallowed up by Charles Schwartzel at Jordan Spieth in 2016, a five-shot lead with nine holes to play, only for Danny Willett to, uh, to claim the green jacket that year, Raymond Floyd in 1990, Kenny Perry... 2009, when Miguel Angel Cabrera, um, who actually was there to, to, to oh, that was a, a Marie uh, Olazabal actually, um, who nearly holed out on 16, had a two shot lead, then bogey three out of the last four holes. Is this a choke from Brooks? Does this get put into that bracket? As, and, and Greg, obviously, in 1996, does this get put down as, a, as one of the Masters chokes? I was going to say you saved the best for last there with Greg in 96. That was <laughs> well, one I think we, we just all know, don't we? When we say well, Masters choke, I think it's just the, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I remember a putt that uh, Scott Hoke hit in the playoff to win. Uh, maybe he made about two feet for the win when uh, when Faldo uh, got him in a playoff and he, he missed it and he ended up calling himself uh, Scott Choke. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> but, right. No, I, I, it certainly wasn't. It's a, it's a word that you hate to associate with, uh, you know, with golf tournaments mm. and, and things that go on where the pressure just gets the better of you. But I, I don't think it was. No, his game was just slightly off. There wasn't anything, uh, you know, you could see from a physical or, or mental standpoint as far as very, very obvious. I think when people are losing the plot out in the golf course, you can, you can certainly see that happening. Um, it was just one of those scenarios where, uh, again, John Rahm just played too good and and when you're playing catch up on that golf course with a playing partner who's playing so well it's just very very hard to force the issue around there and and uh, I think his his game off the tee if he'd have drove the ball a little bit better he would have had some more opportunities and he could have forced it but he was playing from behind and a, and a bit defensive on that final round the whole way let's talk about Phil <laughs> yeah, let's go. The bloke hasn't scored a live point <laughs> this year. He's ranked 372 in the world, oh, 52 years okay. of age. Um, a seven under final round to finish equals second. He's a three-time winner. It's the lowest ever final round at a Masters. Oldest ever player to finish in the top five. He said coming in, Nick, that oh, I reckon I'm gonna, I reckon I'm gonna get on a heater or something like that. He said. <laughs> And did he ever? I mean, what a fit. He didn't speak uh, in the, in the, at the dinner throughout the whole tournament. He barely addressed the media. But boy, what a finish. He's, he's just a human highlight reel, isn't he? I mean, that, <laughs> the, the final round between him and Spieth, uh, they, they played together. I yeah. believe they were 14 under in their best ball. I mean, Spieth had nine birdies on the round with three bogeys. He shot 66. Phil had a bogey and, uh, and eight birdies to shoot 65. And... And the, the display, though, I mean, it would have been so much fun to watch in person because you're looking at two absolute artists there. They're, they're, they're not scientists. They're just, they're just creating their way around that golf course like you wouldn't believe. Mm. And, and the thing about Augusta National for someone like Phil Mickelson, for someone like Freddie Couples who can still make the cut at the age of 63, and it's one of those unique golf courses where experience plays such a big part. It's like the 15th club in the bag in a way. And well, yeah, why is that? It's all about the nuances of the course. Uh, you need to know where to hit it, where you can't hit it. There are shots out on the course that if you had never played it, you just wouldn't see. And and through experience, you just know that, okay, that slope there is going to funnel the ball down this way. This one's going to take it over here and there. A bit like, you know, Dennis Rodman, if you watch that uh, Netflix series, he was talking about rebounding with the ball going all over the place. <laughs> he, mm. uh, he, he just had a very much... Uh, Phil Mickelson just has a, a knowledge of that golf course, which just comes through playing it so many times. Freddie Couples the same. Tiger Woods, I mean, how can he make the cut given how his body is? It's just incredible how he can do that. Now, going forward, 
I can't see him contending in any of the other majors because those golf courses, we're talking full fields, 140, 150 players, and on mm. courses that they rarely play. So he's not going to know those courses as well. This was the only major, I think, where he could contend anymore for sure. He's not going to contend in any others. Well, and contend he did. I mean, an equal second finish. And we're, um, we might as well have the, the chat now about, I mean, the big question that was answered was, can the live golfers compete? Well, they had three out of the top six um, at the Masters. So I think, and look, we'll wait and see what happens at the other majors, and which they're all allowed to play now. And, and we discussed last week how smart a decision we think that was because the build-up and the hype and the coverage and, you know, that little bit of tension, which most of the players say really only exists for, for, for the media. So, but hey, we'll take it because it's got everybody, it had everybody talking. It was great drama and great theatre. But the question was, can they still hang 72 holes rather than the 54 that they play? Well, does this answer that decisively for you or it's a good step in that direction to answer it decisively? Well, I don't think it was probably ever a question, really. I mean, look, playing an extra 18 holes, I think the biggest issue is just lack of competition um, where you're going week in and week out. The live schedule, they're playing once, maybe twice a month at the most. So they're not getting the continual competitive reps that a lot of the PGA Tour guys are as well. So... In that regard, look, 72-54, it certainly makes a difference, you know, come the end of the tournament because, um, you know, major championships are four days and maybe if you get in used to playing just three days, but they all know that deal. I mean, that, that's not going to bother them too much. And as we saw with Mickelson, it didn't bother him. And Patrick Reed. I mean, for a while there, I was thinking, oh, hang on, Reed might get another jacket here. And then when Mickelson finished, dun, he was eight dun, under. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun. Yeah. <laughs> he was Cue eight whatever under. whatever villain music you want to play. Yeah. Darth Vader or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Ram was on 10 and you're thinking, okay, he just shot 38 on this back nine this morning when he finished off, uh, is this going to happen again? But no, mm. he just wouldn't let it happen. Conditions were obviously a lot better. They were more awake and, and in the groove, and uh, he put the foot down. And, yeah, it would have been – I mean, imagine imagine what would have happened if Phil had a one. Could you imagine the media going on right now? <laughs> Amazing. It would have been <laughs> – Or at been... least a playoff. That would have been fascinating. Insane. Um so the, the the top ten, Ram four shots clear, Mickelson and Kepka tie for second. Jordan Spieth, who was ten shots back at the start of the day, uh, finishes in a tie for fourth with Patrick Reed, um, and also Russell Henley, who I don't know a, a ton about, but a, a seven under Masters for Henley. Uh, Cameron Young tied for seventh with Victor Hob- uh, Hovland as well, who was the joint leader after the first round. As uh, to Heath the Gala, who had an incredible uh, chip in uh, on sixteen, I think it was. Um, he was outright ninth. And then Scheffler, um, Fitzpatrick and uh, Shoffley and Morikawa all tied for 10th. Um, any other stories that came out of uh, the top 10 uh, that really caught your eye? And we'll talk about the slow play in just a minute, Nick. So I want to get your, your view on that. But any other stories out of the top 10 that you really enjoyed? Oh, I, I think Sahith uh, Thagala is, is definitely mm. one for the future, playing in his first Masters. He has that game, I think, that he can win around there for sure. He, um, he's very been very impressive. He hasn't won yet on the PGA Tour. He's come very close a couple of times, especially in Phoenix uh, last season or last year. Mm. And uh, he's uh, a player of the future, and he just has that, that vibe, that personality to him where you go, oh, this guy's really cool. I can't wait to see him back again. And he, as you said, he hit the chip that Tiger did on 16 back in the day when he won against Chris DeMarco, went up the hill, mm. rolled all the way back. Didn't quite get the logo to pause on the uh, on the edge of the cup, but it was still impressive nonetheless. The sponsors left to have a word with him about that. Uh, <laughs> um, so the, the, one of the issues of the day, and, and it's great to have you with us because etiquette in golf is such a, 
a, a, a crucial thing. As you know, I tend to play mostly at Royal Brighton, as we call it, and they do have signs up about slow play. Um, it, it's it's up to you, um, not just to keep up, but it's also up to you to, to not slow uh, everybody up. So um, Brooks Kepka didn't mince words when he spoke about how slow the group was ahead. He said that John Rahm's gone to the toilet three times and we're still waiting when he comes back to hit. It was Patrick Cantlay and Victor Hovland. Now, you know you're playing slow, uh, with all due respect to Victor Hovland, but you know you're playing slow, Patrick Cantlay, if Victor Hovland is giving you the hurry up and not waiting for you to have... I mean, the guy that takes... He gets uh, out protractors, he gets maps, he gets all kinds of things. He spends more time uh, over a putt than it probably takes getting to the, the course itself. He's just not waiting for him to play his shots. I mean, which is also an etiquette issue as well. What did you make of all that? Because the slow play... It was really slow from Cantlay. It was, and he is one of the slowest players on tour. Everyone knows it. It was possibly the worst two ball for uh, Rahm and Kepka to be behind that, those two guys. And, and Kepka is one of the fastest players out there. And, and Rahm's isn't just, he? <laughs> yeah, and and Rahm's not slow. I mean, he's probably on the quicker side as well. But um, yeah. look, it was it was a long day for everyone. They they switched to two balls. They weren't in three balls as they had done in uh, the previous uh, round in round three to. Um, to sort of get the uh, get the golf finished, so it was a foolish golf course. Were they behind? Yes, they were possibly a hole behind a couple of times throughout the coverage. But I think everyone kind of knew it was going to be a long day every, any, anyway. But I think just the pace that Ram and Kepka played, it, it sort of exacerbated it. So it did look a lot slower than what it was. But slow play is definitely the, the bane on the PGA Tour. It's just one of those things I, I can't stand as well. And the, the only way they're going to fix this is to start penalising strokes. So uh, that was fines, my next question. Yeah, Why f- don't we? Well, Why is that not a thing? Well, because that costs the players a lot more money and the PGA Tour and, and everyone, that they're all about uh, you know satisfying the player and keeping them happy. So uh, the rules officials, the, the, the USGA and the RNA need to get involved here and say, look, Let's start making a rule here where for slow play, it becomes one stroke, two stroke penalty, whatever it is. And then the officials that are actually out on course have to uh, enforce those. Uh, And that's the big thing because a lot of it's just subjective. You know, the official can say, well, he hadn't started his routine at this particular moment and so on and so forth. So they just need to take a much harder stance on it and get it under more control. Uh, this is all the news updates. Thanks to Ping Golf. Ping Golf equipment is custom engineered, custom fit, and custom built for you to play your best. Uh, we're doing a comprehensive master's review on off the tee for Pure Form Golf. Improve your game with custom fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. As we go to the break, and on the other side, we'll come back and talk about the Aussies, the five Aussies who teed it up at the Masters this year. This was Brooks Kepka speaking at the end of the Masters, uh, coming four shots back after leading through the first three rounds. Back after this on off the tee. It just kind of ho-hum. It's, like I said, I didn't play played that great. I hit some good shots. It just ended up in some terrible spots, and um, I'm still baffled at nine how it stays there. But, I mean, that was a big two-shot swing, I felt like, at the moment. But uh, And then at the end, just trying trying to make birdies. It's, it's tough to catch him when he's playing that good. What are the big positives you take from this week, game-wise, but health-wise as well? Uh, I mean, I've known I've been healthy. It was just showing everybody else. Um, I feel good, been playing good, so just need to keep doing what I'm doing. I'll be just fine. What's the motivation now after this performance for the rest of the majors this year? Uh, I mean, second's not very fun, so uh, that's motivation in itself. Great stuff. Thanks for talking to us, Brooks. Appreciate the time. Thanks.
Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn. Nick, we have to speak about uh, Tiger, um, uh, also JT, Rory as well, before we get to the Aussies. Um, it was, I think everyone was gutted when the news came out that um, after he'd made his 23rd consecutive cut tying with couples and, and player, um, that he wasn't going to be able to go on. But it, it probably didn't come as a great surprise. You could really see that the conditions were um, really giving him grief with the injuries that he's come back from, uh, we know. Yeah, I mean, officially he withdrew because of plantar fasciitis, I think he, he said. He's been having some mm. issues there, but... It was probably a culmination of all the injuries that he's had over the years. Conditions were the absolute worst for Tiger Woods to play a golf tournament in cold, wet, rainy, and on the toughest walking course on tour. So <laughs> add that all up, and it is definitely no surprise that he was going to uh, have to withdraw. So it was sad in a way. I mean, we saw him on one of the holes where it was like a, watching a 75, 80-year-old 80, 80 with, a, with, a, yeah. with a leg injury, injury walking back to his bag. It was just horrible to see. So uh, all credit for, again, making another cut, tying that record. That's just incredible. So uh, a fine performance, and I'm, I'm not sure when we're going to see him next. Yeah, and Freddie Couples becomes the oldest player to, to, to make a cut at the Masters. Great to see him there. And um, It is hard to watch tiger when he's struggling but the galleries were still massive i mean his practice rounds had as many people uh, as i think his final round did in maybe it was i saw a photo it might have been 97 or 2005 but um i mean he still packs him in doesn't he i mean oh, I, do, you, do you feel like he still has is there still a chapter to be written in the tiger story i mean is, i think he's is he tied for the most pga wins uh, and Mar is he tied with jack uh, no, he's got five no, green two jackets. Yeah. And Jack has six, yeah. But, uh, and Majors, all, yeah. So Sorry, I meant Majors uh, all up. Is he, oh, he's no, not, he's, he's... He's two uh, back, isn't four, he? Four, uh, three back now, I think. He's got 15. Jack's got 18. So, yeah, he's, he's three back. But it's... I, I have a feeling, you know, somewhere along the line, he may be able to do it. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just hard looking at the way he walks now because uh, mm. his game, T to green, on the green, I mean, he still is... It's still all there. It's just his body won't let him walk the the four holes, and he's not going to get in the golf cart because um, you know that's one of those spirit of the rules games, and he will never take that anyway. But uh, just so disappointing to watch him him do that. Um, but the other the other two guys I want to mention that were probably as disappointed, if if not more, was uh, Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas. I mean, the look on Justin Thomas's face as he finished. He just finished his last eight holes uh, six over, six over the last mm. eight, and missed the cut by a shot, and he was just. He was devastated. And then Rory, obviously, what a letdown for him. He's trying to complete the career Grand Slam. Every year he comes to the Masters, Augusta National, he knows this is the one I've got to get. And you can almost see just the pressure build as it goes It goes onto his shoulders at the start of the week, and he just cannot get off to a good start. Same thing happened first round, and he, he fought as hard as he could to shoot level par, but he was still he was seven back already. And then mm. he thought, okay, maybe he'll make a move now, and then... No, nah, went the other way and unfortunately wasn't there on the weekend. So very tough, uh, tough to see. He's withdrawn from the next uh, event to the RBC Heritage. His year's been interesting. Two top tens. Um, he's had a, two missed cuts, um, but he's missed his last two cuts uh, at the Players and now at the Masters. He won Dubai and you thought, oh, look at this, is going to be another. Because his year last year was phenomenal, albeit without a major. But I think uh, top ten, if not top five in uh, most, if not all. He's 32nd in Phoenix. 29th Genesis, type of second at the Arnold, Arnold Palmer. So it's been an up and down 
year for Rory. Yeah, it has. I think it's just been a culmination of the, um, you know, everything that's been going on between the PGA Tour and Levin. He's been front and centre. He has to, he gets asked uh, questions. He does the interviews every time he goes to the golf course. And maybe he's just a bit worn mm. out from all that. Yeah. And he's almost like the stand-in commissioner because you don't see Jay Monaghan up there uh, week <laughs> in, week out. All you see is Rory. <laughs> good call. Rory McIlroy. <laughs> And I mean, for you should him, be double invoicing. <laughs> well, yeah, all that pip money at the end of the year. Yeah, should, yeah exactly. But uh, uh, I, him withdrawing from Hilton Head, not a surprise. Um, you know, there's these. De- it's a designated event too, and you're only allowed to skip one, which he's already done at Kapalua earlier in the year. So, yeah, mm. that that may have some ramifications. But put it this way, I don't think he cares at the moment. He just wants to get away from the game and and recharge the batteries. We were all pumped up about our amateur chance, Harrison Crow. We're going to speak about the Aussies in just a minute. Sam Bennett, what did you make of this? The low amateur, um, he was in the final group on that day three uh, with Brooks and, and John. Oh, beautiful story. I mean, the tattoo on his arm, which they explained was his father wrote that down before he died. Um, and he got it tattooed exactly as his father wrote it, who lost a battle with early onset Alzheimer's in 2021. Don't wait to do something. Um, yeah, beautiful um, and 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 heartbreaking all in one what a performance yeah it's it was it was i mean i, I saw one of the montages they did when you know, they, they showed the tattoo and what he'd done on his arm he won the u.s amateur and he had his his college coach on the bag i think the most ballsy call for him over the week though was after two rounds i think he uh, he said where he played the amateur the u.s amateur ridge uh, ridgewood i think it was he said well, well ridgewood is a tougher course than this so I thought oh okay karma's going to come and get you right now and and it kind of did over and the it weekend <laughs> it was it was still a great performance yeah. I mean he played in the final group on on Saturday with Ram and Kepka uh he ended up finishing what tied 16th I was hoping he might birdie if he birdied the last he would have got top 12 which would get him in next year because he's mm. only an amateur I'm not sure he'll play this tournament again I mean if, if he's good enough obviously he will and he'll, he'll get his ranking up when he does turn pro but it was also good to see him take advantage of uh of all the advertising and branding on his shirt over the weekend as well, because he can't get paid, obviously, being an amateur. But college rules have changed all that now. Yes. Uh, yeah, he looked like a, a Formula One driver or, <laughs> yeah. or a supercars driver. NASCAR, yeah. um, so the Aussies. We haven't left a whole lot of time because there's probably not a really whole lot to, to delve into with them. No Aussie in the top 30 this year. Day was tied for fifth, I think, after day two. Uh, it was nine under after 14 on day two. It had two bogeys and a double bogey. Um, plus 274 on day three. He was plus eight on the back nine on the final day, shooting an 80 to finish 39th. And um, Smith was tied 35th. And Scott, I think, tied 36th, 10 years on from his win. And Min Woo and Harrison Lee fell to the Larry Myers curse, played with him for two days and didn't make the cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, overall, um, Smith was the best out of the lot, but he he never really got going uh, throughout the week. You could just sort of tell his game wasn't quite in tip-top shape leading in and and it proved that way. Uh, the big disappointment for me was Jason Day, I guess. He got off to that nice start, you know, 68 uh, Thursday, and then was nine under through, uh, I don't know how many holes 14, on Friday. Was, yeah. yeah. And then he just dropped four in the last few holes, which was disappointing. But then, you know, that 74 just sort of kicked him in the teeth, and he needed a very, very hot start uh, on the Sunday. But uh, I think he had, what, four double bogeys in five holes there on that back nine, and to come home in, I don't know how many he came home in. But he booted the last to shoot 80, so that's never a good sign. But all in all, I mean, the Aussie, it was just a, a disappointing weekend, I guess you could say. I mean, it's easy to say that sitting here, but, um, mm. yeah, none of them shot under par on the weekend, and, uh, and a couple of the guys missed the cut. So, overall, not our best uh, result Australian-wise. 
No, but, but we'll be back at the point. Exactly. I've got no doubt. What yeah. I did love, and, and we're going to try and catch up with Harrison Crow in the next couple of weeks if we can, when they asked him what he felt, the first thing he said was to be here to walk the 18th with Larry Myers, to watch him farewell. He goes, it's a moment I'll never forget. So to, to know that that's where his head goes... So he puts aside his own, you know, what probably wasn't as happy as he would have liked to have been. Wrapped to have been there. He was a part of a special moment. That's what he goes to. I just love that attitude about that. I love how he embraced the, the heritage and, and the history in, in that moment. So that was really impressive to me of a guy who continues to impress me. So um, not the great masters for the Aussies, but uh, I'm sure we won't be saying that uh, too many times in the future, given the, the, the depth of talent that we've got uh, coming through. Nick Ahern, we still need to get uh, a tip of the week from you, which we're going to do uh, after the break. All thanks to Mizuno. Golf hashtag, nothing feels like a Mizuno. You are listening to Off the Tee for Pure Form Golf. Improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. Uh, we'll wrap it up after this. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nico Hearn. That's just not got the legs for Sergio. And the pink today. Oh, good oh. gracious. Watch out. Oh, my Oh, my God. Word. I hope everybody's okay. Holy smokes. Well, thankfully, it was okay. The biggest fall uh, at Augusta this year wasn't uh, some players going down the leaderboard. It was actually a tree, Nick Ahern. And thankfully, everyone is okay, so we can make that joke. But that was as scary a scene as I've seen on, on a golf course. Oh, it's incredible. And it was three trees, actually. So uh, yes. I, I saw footage. Someone might have been in the middle of it when it fell, and, and somehow it, it, it did miss them. And how no one was hurt, I will never know. So... Uh, yeah, just conditions, the softness of the ground, and obviously they bring in a lot of trees to plant out the golf course. So just that's the way it happened, and thankfully no one was injured. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, everybody's stunned when when that when that took place. I mean, it's a non-contact sport. You don't expect to be in any danger <laughs> when you step out onto a golf course, but that was uh, frightening stuff. Um, your tip of the week, please, from Mizuno Golf. Find your nearest stockist or fitter at mizunogolf.com slash au. So, tip of the week uh, takes a bit of a leaf out of John Rahm's book, to be honest, when he was right in the hunt, right in the middle of things, had that lead going into the back nine. 10, 11, 12, uh, he just took the percentage play and aimed at the middle of the green. On 11 especially, the water on the left, the second shot, instead of going at that flag, just hit it directly in the middle. And then on 12, that, that pin on the right-hand side, just aimed 40 feet away from it and hit exactly where he wanted to. So the whole tip about this is aim for the middle of the green. Most people, when they're out on the golf course, they tend to see the flag and get attracted to it and go, right, I'm going to hit it straight at it. No, just aim for the middle of every green and I guarantee your misses will still be on the edge of the green or even if they go into a greenside bunker, that'll be okay as well. So do the percentage play, aim for the middle of the green. Beautifully done. How to play your best golf is Nick Ahern's book, the golf tip of the week for Mizuno Golf. Hashtag nothing feels like a Mizuno. That is our comprehensive Masters wrap on Off the Tee. I hope you've enjoyed it. Congratulations again to John Rahm, and we'll see you all next week. Happy hitting.